You know what, Sam? What? This is going to be a big week for the Hurricanes. Yes, it might. Coming to you from the heart of Canes country, this is the Caniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes. Hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, we're back with another episode of the Caniac Caniac Report, Sam. And this week, it's going to be a big week. No matter if you're a Hurricanes fan or not, it's going to be a big, big week. Some would argue it's going to be a much bigger week for the Chicago Blackhawks. They are poised to take a very big step out of the basement and into a very strong start for a rebuild. They're going to get the best players since Connor McDavid and Connor Bedard. That's pretty yeah, much guaranteed, guaranteed that that's what's going to happen. I'm interested to see what happens in this draft in this week there's a lot of things happening i should have probably said in the open you know it's been a big weekend for the hurricanes because it has been a big weekend for the hurricanes yes and we will get to that when we get to some canes news here but uh yeah i agree with you connor bedard's gonna be the prize in this draft I, he's projected to be a connor mcdavid type of level mm-hmm. and it's and this draft in general is supposed to be uh one of the deepest uh probably rivaling that of the 2015 draft. Yeah. <laughs> Which means, in my opinion, no matter where Carolina selects in this draft, they're probably going to get a player who plays in the NHL at some point. Their scouting department has been very, very good. They have had very few misses um, when it comes to their top you know, two to three rounds. I think Pesci was a fourth rounder. So, Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, yeah, we will get to the entry draft. Uh, first, let's start out with some NHL news, Sam. Um one thing to know is that on Tuesday, part of why it's going to be a big week, is the schedules will be released. Yep. And that's going to be something for the Hurricanes. Uh, let's just hope they don't go on a 13-game road trip like the Islanders did, remember? Yeah, yeah. Well, so we all know what's going to happen. Carolina's going to play one to two games in October. Early October. When Carolina, when the when the State Fair comes to town. And there's a Shania Twain concert, I think, in that time period, too. So there's a lot of stuff going along at PNC Arena and in that area during um, October. So you know Carolina's going to have probably a seven- to eight-game road trip. That's normal. That's usually what happens at the beginning of the season. Exactly. It used to derail them, but this team is good that it doesn't anymore. They usually go about 500. I think two years ago they won every game but one on that road trip, which was impressive. Um, so I'm convinced that this team is going to be fine. Uh, the beginning of the season is always tougher because of how the schedule plays, but that means it's a lot more home games you play. Usually you have a pretty big month in March that it's a lot of home games, so I'm expecting a lot of similarities. Yes, and there's going to be a lot of loose play because um, a lot of, I mean, there's the beginning of the season. Um, and I'd rather have the big, big road trip in the beginning of the season. Get it knocked out so it doesn't true. interrupt your season. Yeah. Some teams get this long Canadian, and we'll still have our Canadian swing unless that's what this is. There's usually a... a uh, northern and then a western road trip when it comes to the canadian teams but yeah that's gonna be interesting uh sam we are gonna have a future episode where we dive deep into the schedule because that's gonna be the roadmap on how to uh get into the playoffs and if i was actually the nhl i wouldn't release it this week really well because this week is already so big you got the draft and you got free agency maybe add something so that way it's no hot like no way there's something in the nhl so i probably would release it in two weeks so not this week 
and not the following week as you're still dealing with the free agency getting kicked up and started up. But I'd probably do it the week after. That way you've got something in July. But I'm okay with it being released because I like to know what I've got. You and I will plan our um, life it accordingly. Helped me. It helped. It helped. I like it coming out on Tuesday, Sam. It helps me plan the episodes. <laughs> it really does. Who knows, but, Sam? Maybe yeah. we'll have to start doing episodes after every game. Uh, we might. I mean, we, <laughs> At least hey, maybe. Heck, we might put up another poll. But we probably know that everybody's going to vote for <laughs> episodes after every game. But Worst case scenario, we'll do yeah. a trial run see how it goes. But they'll be much shorter at that point. We'll be looking at trying to keep them to about no 20. longer than 20 to 30 yeah. minutes. Something yeah. like how Adam does it. But nothing crazy. <laughs> nothing crazy at all. But yes, we'll, we'll examine it. We're going to... Also, like we said, and we'll just keep saying it too, just so everyone's aware. Even we need a break. We're going to take off August. Um, there's nothing yes. going on in August. That is, that is going to be official because August is like the deadest month yep. for um, the NHL itself. Now, of course, if something big happens, we'll do an emergency pod, and that won't be too long. But uh, even we need a break. But we're going to cover you all through this week. All through July, because that's kind of one of the bigger months where trades happen and we'll dissect the schedule and we'll just have a good old and time. And we might have a couple guests. Yeah, we'll definitely look at that yeah. too. So we'll keep moving in there, trying to get a buddy of mine on. Definitely want to talk with him about um, about hockey. About hockey and yeah. uh, and about uh, kind of what the plan should be for the Hurricanes going forward. He's uh, one of the reasons I got into the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So hopefully going to get him on sooner rather than later. Definitely. So uh, there, let's get to some trades around the league. One, two, two of those trades happened yesterday, Sam. Uh, yesterday was just so much happening in the NHL and with the Hurricanes. Uh, yep. First, we see Ryan Johansson getting traded to Colorado. Uh, Nashville, obviously. Well, I think... Well, well, I talked to my buddy who's a Colorado Avalanche fan. I bet he, he was happy. He loves the move. And we speculate that this is just a dump, a cap dump for Nashville. They couldn't dump all of it, but they dump some. And they just, they're trying to levy up space. They're trying to, I don't feel like they're trying to rebuild as much as they're trying to do a retool. And I think we saw that at the deadline. They weren't overly active, but they weren't not, you know, like I, I think they're going to try and get better. Levy up some cap space. Wouldn't shock me if they try and make a rig run at Tarasenko, um, kind of the, player that i think that they're missing is a good scorer um but they're in a position where they can still be competitive they're not bad they have one of the best goaltenders in the national hockey league you see sorrows yeah i've heard that he's been people have asked about him but it sounds like it would take a lot to get him so again i really don't think sorrows goes anywhere and i think you'd be foolhardy to let him go somewhere so but nashville is not in a bad spot i think it's a decent trade for both better for colorado though Yes, um, and for Colorado, I think they get center depth. They need center depth uh, because I um, well Landeskog is he? I don't Landeskog remember if he's a winger. He's a winger. <laughs> okay, but th- th- they need center depth, center depth, especially with that second line center because Kadri hasn't really. Kadri didn't work out. Well, Kadri's gone. Yeah, he's gone. <laughs> so it's not that he didn't work out, but they need to major place him. And Newhook isn't really living up to his potential, so yeah. they kind of need a second center and maybe Ryan Johansson can be that. We'll have to wait player. and see. But yeah, another trade, Sam, is Sean Dersey getting traded. Uh this was more of an under radar type of trade, not like Johansson type of trade. But Arizona, they get another defenseman that they can possibly turn around. They they're well, Sean Dersey's turn. a younger guy too and Yeah, he is a younger guy. This fits the Arizona MO. They're trying to get younger and they're trying to have a be in a position where 
when everything with their arenas um finished and where they're going to play is settled they're going to have a team that's ready to compete yes exactly and they have a lot of good young pieces so honestly i wouldn't be surprised if arizona has a good season and obviously a good season for arizona is not finishing in the bottom half but the top half and you can still finish close to that top half and miss the playoffs they have really good prospects (laughs) yeah and if those prospects take a jump and a big jump is one of them yeah so i think i think arizona is going to be a really good young team there might be cooley's another player yeah, that's. But I don't think he's wings. playing this year for Arizona. Yeah, he might not because he's a college level player. I think he's going to play another year in, in college, and we'll have to wait and see really what happens in Arizona. Um, that's a big question mark, but that's a good move. That's definitely a good move for Arizona, and not a surprising move at all. Yes, definitely. Uh, so yeah, and I mean Arizona, they have known to turn defensemen around like Shane Gossespierre. Um, yeah. I think there was another defenseman I can't remember. Oh, uh, Yusuf Alamaki from uh, Calgary. They were able to uh, turn him around. So it'll be interesting to see how Jersey plays for Arizona. And also, this is some speculative... Well, I think we kind of know that this is going to be a trade that is in the process. Well, right Philly's now. making moves. So the fact that Hayes might go to St. Louis isn't a shock. I know you're sad, Sam. You really wanted Kevin Hayes to come here. No, I didn't. <laughs> I, I the cap hit, man. I I I don't think Tom Dundon would get. I'm not the biggest Kevin Hayes guy either. I mean, that's. I mean, Philly's just trying to throw, get rid of as much cap as they can, and again, they're trying to rebuild. So they're trying to put themselves in a position to to really truly uh, rebuild their franchise. And it's about time because their yeah. fans are getting frustrated with just being in the playoffs one year and then being out of it the next. They've kind of been in this limbo phase. Yeah. And I think Daniel Bear is like, okay, this needs to stop. We, yeah. we need to have a direction. And Phillies, I mean, in Phillies, and, you know, this is a good segue into to Carolina to start there. Uh, Phillies just moving, right? I mean, they're, they're making moves. They tried to get Krug, which I think is, against that may have stalled the Carolina deal that they're trying to bring Tony D'Angelo back. Yeah, we, let's go ahead and talk about the uh, Tony D'Angelo thing. Yeah, so Carolina, uh, currently it sounds like there's a pretty decent deal that Carolina's not giving up a lot to get D'Angelo back. It sounds like it's going to be 50% retained and um, a pro- a very low, low prospect on, on the charts for Carolina probably going the other way for Philly. And I mean... Chris Johnson, he tweeted this, and the fact that when we traded D'Angelo to Philly, we were able to get a second, third, and a fourth round pick. Uh, now, unfortunately, Tony D'Angelo did not work no. under Don Tortorella's system. No shock, though. No That's shock. That's not at really all. a shock because those are two guys that, and and I, and I'll go ahead and admit this: Tony D'Angelo, he probably does have a bit of an ego. Yeah, he probably does. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean that's fair. And Tortorella has an ego too. Yeah, a so big when one. you put those two heads together, it's not going to end well. But what you get from D'Angelo is a guy who tries his best every game. He does, and he's going to be put in a position where he's not going to be exposed to, to he top. He can be lines. reckless at times. Sure, but D'Angelo is going to be put in a, in a position where he is not going to be exposed. He's going to be a third pairing defenseman and a quarterback power play. He's probably going to be quarterbacking the first power play, if I'm honest with you, because he's faster, a little bit more versatile, and his offense offense is dynamic. So, on a team like Carolina, 
this is going to work for him, right? And if he has to play with Slavin because Burns is hurt or Burns slows down or whatever, and that just fits better, that's fine too, right? You're going to have two offensive defensemen capable of putting the puck in the net, capable of quarterbacking your power play and Burns and D'Angelo. Perfect. Carolina didn't have a second second power play quarterback last year. They now have that, so they have their quarterback. As long as this deal goes through, and it sounds like it's going to happen, it's just a matter of if it happens now or if it happens later. But because I think Philly... Because of the whole trade thing with St. Louis, I think yeah. it's kind of... That's my guess. Once I think Philly breaks the logjam on a couple of other pieces, this it'll just start to flow, right? D'Angelo will not play with Philadelphia next year. Yes. And I think he's only going to play with Carolina. And, and, and it just makes sense too. Like I even heard the hockey guy reacting to this, and he was like, "You know what? Tony D'Angelo played very well for Carolina. This could help both uh, the team yep. for Philly and the player in general of just unloading that contract. I mean, they'll have to keep fifty percent of it, but you know, what? it's only one year." And here's something that I'm seeing as well. Just oh, real quick, are you seeing something on? I always Twitter? like to kind of. Um, kind of take a look at some things right now st louis insider saying he's hearing some movement on the krug no trade clause front stay tuned if that breaks that will probably finish up things most likely in that regard if he goes if krug waves it to go to philly i don't i don't blame krug to be honest well my (laughs) guess there is that Breer convinced him maybe yeah and sold him on the plan to get it done so and then what they're planning on doing in that regard so if that happens i think that's gonna be it and and then carolina will get d'angelo so that's um that's that's the big one right there so if that if he waves it and goes to philly then that's where they're gonna then that's what happens here. So I'm interested to see what happens there. And if something happens during the pod, of course, we'll talk about it. But I'll keep an eye on it. And I try to keep an eye on Twitter when we're talking about news like this so that we're not behind. Yes, exactly. And I just want to take just a couple minutes, Sam. There's been a lot of comments on our <laughs> specifically about Tony D'Angelo coming back. Yeah. Now, one most of, of it's not legitimate. But One yeah. of it is for pl- a lot of... Now, one reason is for political reasons. Yeah. Um, and, and I think, to me, it, Sam, you and I have preached this on our podcast, that it doesn't matter what pl- political affiliations yeah. a player has. Yeah. As long as he treats others with respect yep. and plays well on the ice, that's what matters. And when D'Angelo came here the first time, there was question to the latter whether he was going to have respect because there were some issues in the locker room in New York that was resolved in Carolina. He was loved here by the coach. He was loved here by the players and most of the fans liked him. It's really just a silent. It's a loud fact, minority. I was, more, I was more skeptical about him coming in the first time. Yeah. Than now. Yeah. I have no problem. He comes in now and this is going to be great. Now, some people are trying to say, Oh, look what happened in Philadelphia. And I'm like, sure. Look what happened to everybody in Philadelphia. Exactly. He had a minus 37 in Philly, but he had a plus 30 here. And, Someone was trying to argue what well, he played with Slavin. He didn't play with Slavin all year at all. He played about probably maybe 60% with Slavin, but he did play on the bottom pair as well. So it's not as if, you know, we're in a position where 
you know, and 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 if you want to make the argument, he's going to be in a much better position now because he's not going to have to play in that top pair and have exactly. to be like that. And and the other argument too that I'm, that I'm seeing is that he's terrible defensively. Now, here's the thing: I agree with him. He is not good defensively at all. He he isn't. But you can a little bit afford that based on who you have in the top four. Mm-hmm. And as someone who's playing, he he's clearly going to be your sixth best defenseman. On, on team on defense wise uh, yeah defense he's your number wise, two best yes. defenseman when it comes to offensive production which is why he's going to quarterback the power play yes exactly so if if he can bring his offense and his power play game then that makes up for it because there's there's not as much expectations yeah. on um a, a third pairing defensive player um, offensive-minded defensive player yep. in Tony D'Angelo than there would be on someone like Brent Burns or Jacob Slavin. There just isn't. Yeah, and this is going to give him the ability to take advantage of some bottom pairs as well and allow him to get some good offensive opportunities. So D'Angelo coming back, and, and also let's put it this way, when D'Angelo gets caught out of position, he's fast. Duke can get back, and we've seen him do it before. He got back and took down a Minnesota to forward when yeah, he got beat. He did, he so he doesn't do give that. up on the play, and that's the thing. And even when Ajo, you know, dangled the crap out of him, which he's done twice, and people like to bring that up. Uh, but to my knowledge, that's the only guy who's dangled the crap out of him, and now they play together, so I think we're okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, But D'Angelo doesn't give up on the play. He tries. He tries all the time. He's got heart. He's got soul. He, he just can't lose his cool. Yeah, but I love what he brings to the team. He's someone who's going to defend his players. He's not going to let you walk all over him. He's not going to let you walk over this team. He he provides that as well. And as a third-pairing defenseman, if he wants to go out there and stand up for his teammates, I'm fine with that. Yes, exactly. So that's our take on the whole D'Angelo thing. Yeah. Because <laughs> that, that sparked a lot of controversy once again. Oh but my lord! Just haters get, are gonna hate. Haters are gonna hate. Just get over it. Dude is one of the best player, one of the best offensive defensemen that have played for this team. He had fifty. Again, it's for this team. It's not like it's, he, he he played great in Philly. No, and he we've didn't. seen a lot of players leave Carolina and it not work out for them elsewhere. And the reality is, it's because in this system, defensemen flourish a lot. Exactly. So yeah, uh, so another bit of Kane's news, Sam. We we are both happy about this news. Oh, that Captain Jordan, my Captain. Yes, Jordan Stahl is signed for four years for a two point nine million dollar contract. I was a little bit surprised by the term, but when I saw the breakdown of that contract, I think he's getting paid less than a million on the in the fourth year. Yeah, cap wise, seven fifty. Yep, I like it. This works out for the Hurricanes. Um, it's a fifty percent cut, and what he got paid. So you're saving yourself three million. That's three million you can use somewhere else. So um, you get to keep your captain for under three. I think it's a no-brainer. I mean, and this and this solidifies he's going to retire a hurricane. And I think if 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 Jordan and if Jordan Stahl wins a cup here, his number gets retired. Dude's played here for forever. He's been central focus. He's been the captain. And I think that's what will happen, right? I think you get stall, you get you get both stalls, right? If they both retire, they both won a cup, and they both have been an integral part of this franchise for so long. So, you know, good for stall for getting to stay, right? And, and I'm happy to see this because I really feel that Eric Stahl was not treated appropriately upon his departure here. Well, that, and but also, I mean, 
it was at a very down point in his career. And second, the Hurricanes needed to go on a rebuild. Absolutely. But there was just a, a lot of unfortunate, you know, a lot of negative feelings between him and the, and the current management. And the current management wouldn't even commit to a rebuild when they moved him, which yeah, was the it was Ron Francis. Part. Yeah. So it was an unfortunate reality um, that happened there with Eric, but I'm glad to see that Jordan will remain a hurricane and retire one. Um, I'm still a big fan of having all the stalls play together once, just once. And let's be honest. It's not going to happen. Let's be honest. Well, it's not true. Okay. Think about it. Paul Stasny retires. Eric Stahl's comparable replacement to Paul Stasny. Okay. You know what? I'll give you a low place bet. Okay, I'll give you one dollar if if they all come back. You want to you want to make that bet? I'll make that bet. Okay. Eric, Jordan, and Mark played together once in their career. I'll give you one dollar if that happens. Okay, so yes, and we're just I'm just going to mention this because it's not really big news. Preseason doesn't really matter a whole lot. No, um, especially where the Hurricanes and we'll probably give their stage right and now. we'll probably give those tickets away to you guys too because we don't go to preseason. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But the preseason's up. The first game's going to be, I believe, September 26. But yeah, it's it's preseason. Because what do we do? It's it's like who do we play? It's like Tampa, Nashville, and Florida. Yeah, I which think. makes sense because the, the, those teams are a little bit closer to Carolina. It, it makes sense. And we enjoy paying attention to free agency or to um, the preseason for some of the young. Like, I could care less to see the veterans play. Like, for me, it's about watching some younger players and getting a better idea for them, right? So that's what I enjoy about it. But it'll be interesting to see what happens as we go on forward. We get the important schedule this week, though. Yes, exactly. Um, another thing too, Sam, I do want to say about the Jordan Stahl new contract in four years, I think once he retires, I think that's really prepping Sebastian Ajo to be the next captain. Well, look about that. I want to see him get signed before I start talking like that. True. Stuff like that makes me nervous. Yeah, true. But okay. So, and um, I think there was a quote from Jordan Stahl too, after he signed his contract and I'm looking for it. Oh yeah. He spoke to the media. Um, after he resigned with he said there's definitely no other place i want to be this guy wants to be in carolina he's always wanted to be in carolina he doesn't want to leave he wants to stay he wants to finish it out and he wants to win a cup here it's just that it's honestly just that simple when it comes to your captain and that's just awesome yes it it really is awesome uh really happy that he's going to uh Stay here now. Let's resign Jesper Faust, please. <laughs> I don't. Again, I I don't think please. they're gonna sign him. I know you really want it, but I just I don't think that they're gonna sign Faust. You never know. This team has a horrible track record with RFA. I'm surprised they got Jordan Stahl taken care of, and they made it close because too. He's a captain. Yeah, I know. They probably didn't. They probably knew they were gonna have a revolt on their hands if they didn't sign Jordan Stahl. Um, but Here's I'm the glad thing. It's done. The thing is, though, I'm they got mad. the most I important don't... RFA. They got the most important thing done that this offseason they had to do was they had to get him taken care of. Everybody on the roster that was up, he was the most important one. Stahl. I mean, Aho. Technically, you can wait to next year. He wasn't that pressing. This is that was number one. Now Aho and Pesci are, are two and three. That needs to get done. It does sound like a Pesci extension is on the way. I'm a little surprised that's getting done before Aho, but we'll have to wait. But and they're see. being proactive, which is why I like. Yeah. So yeah. So uh, now let's go to the uh, draft segment for this episode. Uh, but before we do, 
Uh, we'll take a break for our sponsor. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN. Bet just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpmai.org. In New York, Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700. On behalf of Boo Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit www.1800gambler.net. All games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery. Please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races. In Connecticut, help is available. For problem gambling, call 8887897777 or visit ccpg.org. 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. Max bet $50, 10 plus leg requirement for 100% boost. Eligibility, wagering, and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. Okay, Sam, this entry draft, very, very deep. Uh, Honestly, pro- any of One of these... the deepest drafts ever, and it seems like the top five players are projected to be top elite players. And most likely, some of them, I mean, honestly, the one and two could play in the National Hockey League this year. So, I mean, any of these top five could probably play depending on where they go. Anyone Arizona plays will probably have a roster spot for them if they feel they can make it and make an impact. So, and honestly, when you go to a team like this, it just gives you an opportunity to play in the big league, right? Because you're going to be playing top minutes, right? I mean, let's be honest, Connor Bedard, theoretically, maybe he would benefit from an entire season in the American Hockey League and tear it up down there. But he's going to basically be their number one center in Chicago. Exactly. Because wh- who else do they have as a center? Uh, Taves is gone. Tyler Johnson. Yeah, no, Bedard's going to be their number one. Yeah, center. exactly. And but what I like about hockey, though, Sam, is that it's, is that in order to have a great team, it's not just about getting the best players. It's surrounding the great players with um, supporting yeah, players, which will now be Chicago's task, right? We all know build Chicago, around Bedard. Yes. We all know Chicago is drafting Bedard. He is your face of the franchise. He's your franchise player. He is going to be elite guy. He's going to be putting up probably close to McDavid numbers. If not, then it was a bust, and it'll be a shock. But I think I think it's pretty safe to say Connor Bedard's going to be one of the best players in the National Hockey League for sure. Yes, he is known as a lethal shooter. His hockey IQ is off the charts. He's trained to number one on everything. Shots, hands, vision. No shock. Uh, offensive forward, highest floor, highest ceiling, transition forward, all number one. He's going to be top According elite According to talent. elite prospects. He's going to be top elite talent. I know I've heard Elliot Friedman talk about that another team that's going to target Tarasenko is going to be Chicago. Because it makes sense. That gives yeah, Bedard a player. And that duo is going to be deadly. Oh, yeah, it probably is. Uh, and, and again, it's about getting the right players. 
And another thing, too, I think as a rebuilder, you need to be very careful of is don't let everybody be these young prospects. You need to surround them with yeah. right, the right veterans. The and right... players to protect them. Because exactly. every, if you don't think that teams are going to – like Arizona's going to get tough and physical and rough with him, you are lost your mind. So Chicago needs to surround him with guys who can defend him. <laughs> Absolutely need to. And Tarasenko's bigger dude. He can handle himself. And I think that Tyler Bertuzzi would be another guy that would make sense for Chicago. They they oh, need yeah, they need definitely. someone to protect Bedard. And a Bertuzzi, can you imagine a Bertuzzi, Bedard, and Tarasenko first line? Just think if they got Tom Wilson. Jeez. Oh my, I, I know that'd be something. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm just speculating here. Yeah, but no, yeah, all this yeah. is speculation. I don't know. I know if I'm Chicago, I'm looking at players like Tarasenko. I'm looking at players like Bertuzzi. And if I'm looking on the market, you're right. Wilson makes sense. It's just they need someone there need some to grips. play with him. They need grips. Yeah, because you have to now. Because let's be honest, you don't. You telling me that if D'Angelo or Burns can line up Bedard for a hit, they're not going to take it. They're going to take it. Yeah, they're going to exactly. be like, "Welcome to the National Hockey League, kid." Yes. So yeah, that's our take on Bedard. The next player seems like he's the consensus <laughs> number two, mostly, <laughs> mostly from my from scouting reports. They all have him at number two, Adam Fantelli who um, apparently uh, players he has been compared to is Tage Thompson and Evgeny Malkin. That's good comparisons there. Yes. Um, he is known to have some bite in his game. That's good for um, Columbus. That's, yes, that is good for Columbus. That'll fit That'll fit the Babcock style of playing. Yeah. Now, his skating needs to be worked on a little bit with Fantilli. But, but he, he's a very physical guy. Yeah. And his shooting is very, very good. Yeah. So that's that's the gist from Adam Fantelli. And it seems like he's going to be the second best, most likely, after Bedard. And then you have Leo Carlson, who I have heard um, has one of the highest ceilings in the NHL, behind Connor Bedard, of course. Um Again, he's a player that skating needs to be worked on, but um, they're all young kids. They got yes. plenty of time, and they're going to grow and they're going to be good. Yes, if but... you're top in this draft, then you're you're a good hockey player, and you're going to be there. And the teams that these guys are going to, only one team there, I think, has a chance to make the playoffs next year, and that's Columbus. But that's because they're at the end of their rebuild. They, they were more of in a retool than a rebuild, but they're in a really good spot. Yeah, <laughs> this definitely. makes them better. Yeah, it does. Um, and I believe the next team is going to be Anaheim. They might draft Leo Carlson. Apparently, uh, shades of his game has or his comparables have been Anze Kopitar and Joe Thornton. He's a big guy, six foot three. I wish we could get him. Oh yeah, I, I, I trust me, I do too. Uh, but he is known for his vision, hockey IQ, and his passing. That's so a good he's comparison. Known as a pass first type of guy. Oh, never mind. We don't need that. <laughs> we need to shoot but first. He, again, six, six, three. This is a big guy. No, big dude. That's good. That'd be a good. Um, and it makes sense because Kopitar and Thornton, they're big forwards. Good, good, good. Um, good pickup. Um, for them, I'm not convinced Anaheim goes with that. I think Anaheim is going to consider. I think Anaheim, Columbus are going to consider next guy. Uh, we can go to him. Uh, so probably the after Connor Bedard in terms of the goal scoring, it seems like the clear number two is 
Matvey Mitchkov. Mitchkov. Yes, correct. He is the most interesting player on this list because we all know Bedard goes number one, but Mitchkov can go anywhere between two and eight on this draft. And part of the reason why is one, he's um, he's a pure winger, and P- and teams like to go for centermen more because again, if you play center, you can play on the wing. And he's play been playing wing, with that men. Doesn't mean you can play center. And he's been playing with men. And Russia. So the dude, if he wanted to make a seamless transition into the NHL, it would be easier for him because he's already playing with with men already, right, in the KHL because I believe that's where he's been playing. I could, Honestly, I could see San Jose taking him. And to me, here's the reason why. San Jose, they're kind of starting their rebuild right now. And with Mitchkoff, the reason why he might slip down is because he has, like, two more years under his KHL contract. And nobody really knows what he's going to do. He hasn't really talked to a lot of people. He hasn't done a lot in regards to anything. Well, apparently he's talking from Whitefer from L.A. Friedman. He, he's already talked to a couple teams. Okay. It sounds like, from my understanding, he's been trying to determine where he's going to go himself. Yes, but he's the real wild card. I, yeah. I just don't he's know who I'm interested in up. seeing. Uh, I've heard Philly. I've heard um, San Jose. I've heard Arizona. I wouldn't surprise me there either. Uh, Washington's a popular one. Um, I'm very interested to see where he goes. He's he's the one I'm most interested to see um, what happens because I, I like the player. Yes. Um, and then the, the next player is Will Smith. Not the actor, Sam. <laughs> Not the actor, but a hockey player. It's a little late for a career change. Yeah, I know. <laughs> obviously he's been pretty good <laughs> yeah definitely but yeah will smith uh he, he he can be a little bit of a wild card um i i've seen him as high as four or three number three but apparently the players that he has been compared to is trevor zegras and jt miller because he's a crafty guy uh, it's his yeah. hands that are just really really good and his hockey sense no. just amazing. And so, I've heard Montreal likes yeah. him, so <clears throat> probably won't get past Montreal. And he's a center, so yeah. And I think that's a good. Again, the top um, five in this draft are going to be so good, and this whole draft is going to be good. I mean, I think if Carolina does pick at number one, they're going to get the you know pick their first overall or first round pick. They're probably still going to get a good player who's going to make the NHL after a season after a couple years. So yes, definitely now. I, I'm not really talking about the prospects that Carolina could take because, to me, they just didn't really seem interesting at first and second. Well, Carolina you know what, Sam? We can we can guys. save this for when we pick because you and I are doing a live. That's right, we are a live stream for the Hockey Podcast Network for the Carolina Hurricanes pick. If they pick, who knows what happens on draft day. Well, there are four scenarios I have drawn this down to. Canes could possibly trade up, could trade down. I hope they don't. I would kill the Hurricanes if they do that again. Um, Because the... Yeah. Let's just go through all of them. And then the Canes could trade to improve uh, the now, obviously. And obviously they could make the selection. Yeah. So, I mean, let's talk about each one. Move up. Does it make sense? 
I don't know. It, it just depends on what happens. They have to have a player in mind at that point if they're moving up, and then you're giving something else up in the, at the time. In and my it's mind, probably going to be another prospect that they give up or a yeah. pick. Remember, they had. I believe in this year's draft, and like they I have can two go thirds or fourths. Friendly, real quick here. They have nine picks to my recollection this year. So, if Carolina moves up, in my mind, it doesn't make sense to move up unless you're moving into the top ten. Because I think that's where the best players are. Or I would say probably top 15 because of just how deep this draft is. And I think that's fair. Do I think this is likely? No, I'd be quite surprised. I have yet to see this. This management group hasn't done that yet. No, they haven't. And there hasn't been a need to do that yet. So is it possible? Sure. Do I think it happens? No. If they did, it's because there's a very specific player that they want and they think he's going to be available very, very soon. To play in the NHL because they're not going to want to wait. Yeah, so we have an extra fifth and a sixth round pick. Um, the fifth is from Vancouver in the Ethan Bear trade. Um, the extra six was a um, was a pick for pick type of trade. Yep. So yeah, it's definitely going to be interesting. Uh, next year's draft, I mean. It's going to be interesting because we have two seconds. That's from the D'Angelo trade. That's from the D'Angelo trade, yes. <laughs> um, so that'd be a little bit interesting, but we're not going to talk about that yet. Next is Kane's trade to move down. Is this redundant if they do it again? Well, they've they you said they've done this before, so I feel, unfortunately, this is the most likely scenario. I don't want this. You know how long the draft was because Kane's kept taking timeouts? I remember that draft. It was... One of those drafts where I think every team was in their own locker room. Yeah, Carolina, Carolina made a few deals that draft, and it was interesting. Um, they, I think they kept trading and using their timeouts. I'm like, can we please not let this go for five hours? But it did. So I tend to believe this is the most likely scenario. And given the depth of the draft, if you're getting a top, you know, a you know a a high second round. I'm not opposed to it. If you're getting like a couple, if you're getting like two seconds. I'm like, Oh, well, well that makes they, sense. But yeah, I'm fine with that. But what they did in that one draft had me yanking my hairs out because <laughs> they kept, it was insane. They got no. like 12 picks total. They just kept trading. And look, that's why Carolina, but that's why this team is going to be good for a long time. They're developing a lot of young players. Now I do like that mentality. And I think there's a lot of truth in the fact that, these prospects are like um, your targets, and you're trying to aim on a target board uh, for that superstar. So the more picks, the more chances you have of landing that superstar. I do think there is some truth to that. Um, I just don't want to be five hours. <laughs> That's that, 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 that is part of it from, from my personal opinion. But I, I do think... it. It, it is probably maybe a little bit redundant if they did it again. Would I be surprised? No. But um, moving down, I mean, t- to me, Sam, that just kind of defeated the purpose of them being inactive at the trade deadline. Yeah. I mean, so but let's be honest. So what's going to happen? What what do we want to happen? I think is this next one, right? Yes. I think we're gonna want Carolina to trade to improve the roster. This is what this pick needs to be used for. They didn't do it at the deadline. But that's what, fine. We didn't. The question is what position, and I think you and I are 
probably agree, a second-line center. If you can turn this pick and another player into Elias Lindholm, I think that makes the most sense. And I extend Lindholm. i do it now. Oh, yeah, I would too. Don't worry. Like what Adam Gold said, don't worry about the two extra years if you do an eight- or seven-year deal. Because someone will take somebody will take the contract exactly, and if you move like Natchez or Jarvis just as the two players, I think those are the two your two best players. Well, no, okay, three Natchez, Jarvis, or Tavo. One of those three would be in a one of those three players would be in a deal for Lindholm. That's just reality, right? You got to give up to get something, <laughs> right? Makes sense, and they're going to want a younger player. Or a player that's going to be able to help them, which that's Tavo. I think Tavo is the least likely. I think Natchez is the most likely. So if that case, because Natchez, of all of their top players, is probably the most redundant of everything, right? I think yes. Lindholm is going to provide you equivalency to what, to the similar style and play and talent you're going to get from Natchez, right? I think except Lindholm is probably more sturdier and he's in the position that you need right now, which is a second line center. So if I'm Carolina, I do Natchez, I do a first and maybe a prospect and you get Lindholm and then extend him. You give him the eight years. Now you're not having to extend Lindholm, not having to extend Natchez, I mean, and you extend Lindholm for about that same money because Lindholm's wanting Bo Horvat money and I think he's at what, eight? Yes, I, I somewhere be, in the eights, I think. For Lindholm and his contract? No, um, uh, Bo Horvat. Because it's rumored that he oh, wants yeah, Bo like Horvat eight, money. It's like eight million something. Because I can't remember, but I'll pull it up real quick just so I, I know. Um, but that's kind of what he's looking for, and I think this team can do that. Yeah, they very could, and of course, um, the last eight and a half. So that's less than Ajo. Carolina's not going to pay more than Ajo. And I think it's more than reasonable for a second-line center, a really good second-line center. And, I mean, it's one of those instances where Elias Lindholm can play up if you need him to. Exactly. And Ajo to the wing, because Ajo can play wing, too. And Lindholm can play wing, because I think he played wing in Carolina. Yeah, he did. (laughs) So if you need a Lindholm, you know Lindholm, Ajo. And he shoots right, too. He he shoots um, right-handedness, basically. So, and that's something Carolina likes. Yeah. When they try to get a center. I think that was the biggest reason why they had Derek Stepan mm-hmm. in the lineup because he can. Um, and that puts them in a position to have that, that righty because they don't have yeah, one right now. They don't. Because with Stasny out, well, Stasny was lefty, but Stepan out, you don't have your right handed face off guy. So then your top six, you have a righty and a lefty. Right, and then you can go down from there. You got KK and Stall, and Stall doesn't matter where he's at; he can take a draw, so that doesn't matter. So, yeah. and and of course, Bryn Moore, he is not going to put Natchez at center. No, he and Natchez right, and Natchez wants to play center. And at the end of the yeah. day, I truly just don't think Carolina is going to give him an extension. So I think Natchez gets moved, whether it's this year or next year. And this is the year to do it, where his cap is I think it's going to be between him and Teravina. But I think Natchez, if Natchez has another great season, I think they're going to resign him. Well, I I think Natchez gets moved. I think if you get Lind, if it's true that Lindholm's a target, I think he's out. I've seen rumors that Toffoli is an option for Carolina if they're willing to make a serious offer. But I feel like Carolina's preference from Calgary is probably Lindholm. They know what they're getting there. But... I don't know. Um, the last option here is Carolina makes a selection. Um, here, here are a few prospects um, that are around that I've seen mock drafts where players might get drafted by Carolina. Uh, Theo Lindstein, um, 
He's a defenseman. Um, they don't need another defensive prospect. They don't prospect. really need another defensive prospect. It's because they have Scott Morrow and Nikishkin yep. in the wings. So they'll probably pick forward. Uh, Gavin Brindley, he's a uh, right-handed um, winger. Yep. Uh, 38 points, 41 games for the University of Michigan. Uh, Bradley Nadeau probably is the player that I'm probably most interested in. Mm-hmm. Um, he played in the BCHL in 54 games, had 113 points. <laughs> he might get drafted around there. Yeah. So him, and then there's Riley, um, I think Height is his name. I'm trying to get better at pronouncing names. I saw the review on, uh, well, no, no, it was um, Apple Podcast. I'm trying to get better. Uh, it is In 68 games, uh, he had 97 points. So those are just a few players. But, again, if I think for the Hurricanes, if you're going to be drafting four, you got to draft someone who's big. Yeah. Yeah, and I think that's fair. We'll have to wait and see what happens. Um, again, I think the most likely scenario is they're going to trade down and they're going to get a couple of seconds, maybe a second and a third. But, I'm not going to be happy if they trade. <laughs> especially because we're going to be live. I mean, come on. If you're going to trade something, make it exciting so we have something to talk about, not trade down. Exactly. But you know what? This is this is all kind of cool. So yeah. I don't and know what I'm saying. Maybe next year we'll have to go to the draft. Maybe. And it's Wednesday at 8, so I'm looking forward to it. To the draft, and I like prospects in general. Yeah, it's going to be young guys getting those opportunities of being drafted. Yeah, I think it's going to be cool. It's going to be fun to watch. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing kind of the direction things go, and it's always exciting when you got the general managers all in the same room making it deals. Is. So, um, and let's be honest, if the D'Angelo trade doesn't happen tomorrow, tonight, Maybe on it Tuesday, happens during the draft, exactly. And if it happens during the draft. It wouldn't be the first. No. And that's where they're going to be able to get in person and hammer it out. And if you're going to get Krug to waive his no trade clause, that might be when it happens too. Because if he goes to Philly, it's because Danny Breer convinced him. Breer has a lot of respect for the lot from, from players, from the league. He's a good guy. He was a great player. They love him in Philly. He was a big, I'm a big fan of Danny Breer. I've always really liked him. So I'm glad. I think Philly's in the good hands. So I think if you're Krug, you should look at that and know that he's going to do the absolute best he can to get the team better. And you know he's going to because he wants them to be better. He played for Philly in their best days, right? He played, I think, exactly. for that Stanley Cup final team. They didn't win, but he was there. Yeah, so it's good, definitely going to be interesting. Our next episode is going to be on Friday, like always, and that's when we're probably going to do a recap slash preview, recap yep. of the draft, and then preview of free agency. Uh I mean, Carolina isn't known for getting big-name free agents, but uh, if you remember last year, Sam, during free agency day, that's when we got Brent Burns and Max Pacioretty. Through trades. And Carolina's known through making deals through trades. So that's what will happen, right? Trades trigger free agent signings, etc. Carolina's trying to get better on the back end. D'Angelo makes sense. He's a comparable replacement for Gostas Bear. Yes, and we almost signed Mason Marchment, too, but that's not correct. Well, that that's fine. That was understandable there. So you just got to look at it. Carolina's going to make some deals. Things are going to happen. They aren't going to be quiet. They got a lot of roster spots to fill up. Carolina's going to have a goaltender by the end of the week. Um, by the end of the week weekend, right? They're going to have a by Monday of next week, not today as you're listening, but Monday of next week. Carolina's going to have a goalie. Hopefully, duh. 
Otherwise, someone's not there. I don't anymore. want them to stretch this out. So. Yeah, Carolina is going to have a goalie. Carolina is probably <laughs> going to have their number two center, whether that's Code Kinyemi, right? That's or they've determined they need to get a number two center. So you're going to have answers. We're going to have a lot of answers by Monday of next week, and it's going to be real exciting to have um, these conversations. Yes. So we will see you guys then. Thanks for listening to the Kaniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, check them out on Instagram and Twitter at the Kaniac Report. We'll see you next time.